0: Welcome back to the R20s Podcast. By the time this episode comes out, we will either be about to begin or in the midst of the 40-day period of late February to about early April, known as Lent. If you don't participate, you don't know what it is. Maybe you do participate <laughs> you still don't know what it is. This is a time of the year where maybe a friend of yours or a colleague will come up to you and be like, yeah, you know, I'm in the middle just giving up sugar or carbs for 40 days. And you're like, Did- didn't you do that last year? And actually, didn't you do that like for the last five years? And you might be right. <laughs> you might be right. Lent is a time that a lot of people don't really know what the significance of it is, where it, com- like where it comes from. And I'm not big on history lessons, but I thought it'd be fun to do like a two-minute history lesson on what Lent is, where it came from. It started in about 325 AD is what they estimated as. And it was primarily focused around the idea of fasting. So why fasting and why 40 days? Well, in the Bible, There's a story of the birth of Jesus Christ. He's born, and ultimately he goes on to be baptized by John the Baptist. His baptism is signifying that he is who he says he is. The Holy Spirit comes down to him, showing that he is the Messiah. He is here to absolve the world of all of its sins. And to prove this, Jesus decides that he's going to follow the Holy Spirit out into the wilderness, out into the desert, is what you'll see sometimes when you're reading the Bible. Wilderness and desert get interchanged. Why is he doing this? Well, he wants to prove that he is who he says he is. So while he's going out into the desert, he's not eating and he's not drinking anything for this 40-day period. And this entire time, he's being subject to what is big in Christianity, and that is temptation. In this case, he's being tempted by Satan, (laughs) uh, aka the devil. He's being tempted to cave in to prove that he is not who he says he is. All he has to do is cave in. The big one of the temptations that you see, it's one of three. You see that Satan tells him, I will turn stones into bread for you. All you have to do is admit you're not who you say that you are. And Jesus refused. He refuses every single time. He goes the entire 40 days not being tempted. And he is the only person in the world to live without sin, and to not get into that temptation. And that is why Lent is a period of 40 days that was primarily focused around fasting in the beginning, because that was the story in the Bible. Now, it varied in the region to region, church to church, how those rules were actually going to play out in the more modern time now. We're still in 325 AD. But people said oh I don't know maybe you just have to fast like six days a week you could take some days off some some churches were like ah you could take the entire weekend off and then eventually you kept going and then you have this little event called the Protestant Reformation and people like John Calvin were like you know I don't see anywhere in the Bible where this says that we have to do this at this specific time ah, we're just not gonna do this at all <laughs> and now you see it slowly start to change over time some people are doing no fasting at all some now you get to the point in the modern day where you only have two real days of fasting that are Supposed to be required, which is Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. You have some people telling you, uh, n- "No meat on Fridays." That was actually something instilled by the Pope in 1966, just kind of out of the blue. <laughs> that was not in the beginning, uh, so that's why you hear some people. If, if you have Christian friends, will tell you, oh, "I don't, I don't know. I don't really follow that one, It's just because it kind of popped up." The whole point is, there's a lot that goes on with the period of Lent that has changed over time, but the one thing that has stayed constant throughout the entire 2,000 year history of Lent is the idea of sacrifice. In the Christian faith, Lent is all about repentance. This idea of you acknowledging your sins and what is keeping you from God and the things in your life that have this vice on you that are preventing you from being closer to God. These are the things that have such a hold on us that they consume our daily thoughts, they take up a lot of our time throughout our day-to-day, and the period of Lent is meant to be we sacrifice something that might be having a vice on our life, that might be having a hold on a lot of our time, we eliminate that from our life for this 40-day period, and in that time, we have now more time than before to practice this repentance, to be closer to God, to acknowledge our sins, and to grow in his love to become closer to him and the whole idea behind lent is that you are focusing on yourself and in return focusing on god during lent you kind of have two camps of people you have the people who are saying oh i'm gonna give up like an actual sin (laughs) where you hear people say i'm gonna give up saying the lord's name in vain i'm gonna give up lying i'm going to give up having hate in my heart (laughs) All, all these things that ideally you work on over time to eliminate them from your life completely but some people take this as the opportunity to start Then you have the group of people who tell you, I'm giving up sugar, I'm giving up carbs, I'm giving up alcohol, I'm giving up ordering Chinese food for (laughs) takeout. Things that... Don't sound like sins on the surface, but the point of them, is, they're not sins, don't get me wrong, the, the point of them is you're getting rid of this thing that might be having a hold on your life, that might be consuming a lot of your time, a lot of your energy, and when you eliminate that from your life, now, ideally, in the idea of Lent, you have more time to focus on that repentance, that acknowledging your sins and becoming closer to God, and as you eliminate something from your life, now you can fill that with God. You can become closer in his love and all of his glory and everything along those lines. That is the idea behind lent (laughs) so next time somebody in the in the catholic faith or the christian faith is asking you i don't don't even know why we're doing all this you can whip out this (laughs) five minute history lesson sorry i told you two in the beginning (laughs) i didn't mean to go that long but that is the purpose behind the period of lent as a whole but as i've said before not all of us are christians not all of us are religious everybody walks their own path and the reason i bring up lent and i bring it up as the center of today's conversation is because there's an idea at the center of Lent that I've already talked about that can be applied to anybody and everybody. You don't need to be a Catholic. You don't need to be a Christian. You don't need to be religious to understand this idea, and that's the idea of sacrifice. Sacrifice is a small word with a big meaning. Uh, You take a look on like Merriam-Webster, and you'll see there's a number of definitions. The first definition you're going to see is an act of offering to a deity something precious, Uh, something like an animal sacrifice. That's a bit gory and a bit something that we don't really do nowadays. (laughs) Uh, And when you think of sacrifice, the definition is the first one you see when you look on the page. And you're just like, that's that's a big, big word. And that's not something I can really apply to my own life. (laughs) Agreed. But you keep going down the list and then you see a definition like this. You get to the definition that says it's the destruction or surrender of something for the sake of something else. And you can look at that definition, too, and you go, those are more big words. Destruction, surrender, <laughs> what am I doing in my life to destruct or surrender? That, that is a bit more uh, above my pay grade than it looks like, maybe on the surface. When you're thinking about modern life and you hear the word sacrifice, what's one of the first things that come to mind? I know for me, it's you hear people making the ultimate sacrifice. That's people who have surrendered their life for the sake of somebody else's life, for the sake of somebody's freedom, for the sake of somebody's livelihood. All very fitting of the definition, yes. But that is the pinnacle of sacrifice. That is a level of sacrifice that not all of us are called to. Now, let's scale it down. Let's focus in on the target audience, right? The buzzword around all the podcasters, target audience, person in their 20s who is listening to this podcast either on their way to work or sitting at their desk or on their couch or sitting in their bed, wondering about how they can make a change in their life because they're at a point in their life that they don't want to be at and they can't find any joy in their life hey, you, I I also don't, I I don't want to shut anybody out. So we're not isolating anybody younger, older people who think they have it all figured out people who think they have none of it figured out. Hey, how's it going? You're all part of my audience. I want everybody to be a part of the audience. Anybody who is on this road to joy that we always talk about so much anybody who is looking to reposition themselves in their life. How do you go about repositioning yourself? If you're sitting there and you're saying to yourself, "Hmm, I wish I was healthier. I wish I had a different skill set. I wish I had a different career. I wish I was closer to God. If you're saying any of these things and way beyond, there are a lot more things that you could be saying to yourself. If you're saying any of these things, I'll let you in on a little secret that a lot of people don't want you to know because they either want you to pay behind a paywall before they tell you, does that make any sense? Pay behind a paywall. They either want you to fork over your money before they tell you something that's completely obvious and anybody can figure out. Or there's people who just don't want to tell you as as a whole because they like looking down upon you because they're, they're that... Type of person, That secret you can change right now. You can turn this podcast off, never listen again. You can go make that change instantaneously. And that's through sacrifice. So let's use those big boy words again, right? Destruction. Let's use the analogy of a house. People love to talk about houses and analogy. It's so it's so easy, <laughs> simple. I like to put it in simple forms. You're a house yourself. I know, weird, right? <laughs> You're a house, brick house. You have the bricks that are making up your foundation. You have the bricks making up your walls going all the way up. Some of those bricks, they're a bit loose. They're a bit faulty. They're cracking. They're poorly made, poorly put together. You have to make a change. If you want to make a solid, sturdy house, you want to make a bigger house, you're either going to have to take some bricks out of that foundation, destroy them, take some bricks on the walls that are falling off, destroy them, get rid of them. You're going to have to make a change, and you're going to have to destroy something that currently exists. To destroy, well, you're going to have to surrender something. You're going to have to surrender something so that you can go about the act of destruction. So in our modern world, what's the most likely form of currency that we're going to surrender? Time. Time is that currency that a lot of us choose to surrender so that we can get to a point that we want to be. Everyone wants to be at point B, but nobody wants to start at point A. And that is always the hardest part. That separates somebody from actually being at point B to never, ever seeing it surrendering your time when you surrender your time now you're putting in that time where you can go about that act of destruction but it's not destruction in a bad sense of the word it's a good destruction i know we don't usually (laughs) associate destruction with good but in this case it's good we're destroying something that currently exists so that we can surrender our time and replace it with something that is beautiful something that we want to be, something that we want to see come into fruition. We destroy the bad, we destroy the ugly, and we replace it with the good, and we build on top with something that could be even better. There's my house analogy. I hope that (laughs) works. I I can't really picture a brick. Has anyone actually seen a brick house in like (laughs) the last 20 years under construction? I, I haven't. Anyway, go brick houses there's that song brick house it's cool building bricks and destroying old bricks putting in new ones what does that actually mean in the real world what is what does it mean when you take a look at it in real life well let's use another really basic example i'm sure you've heard a billion times since you've been an adult Uh, the boogeyman of social media ah grr. yeah i know i've talked about social media too in the past you know try to get those clicks everybody loves to hate on social media and all this stuff social media get rid of it Ah, it's so gross so dramatic i'm sorry having a flair for the dramatic here. I'm just trying to to build a fun show. I don't know. I'm sorry. Social media. We all are on it. Can't deny it. It's a part of our world. Teenagers, they love social media. If you look at some surveys, 38% of them say that they spend eight hours per day on social media. That's gross. (laughs) Um, So I don't need to use my bachelor's in mathematics to tell you the math behind that one. If we're looking at a 24-hour schedule, that's one in every three minutes. If we're looking at waking hours, making the Bold assumption nowadays that you're getting eight hours of sleep. That's one in every two waking minutes. I don't need to be a motivational coach or have some degree to tell you that that's gross. And then if you cut out social media, how much you'd be able to do with all that time that you are currently spending scrolling away to absorb a 15 second video that you're going to forget in five seconds. I've talked about all this before. I'm not going into it again. You can go <laughs> you can go check out those episodes. You've heard it all before. Put the phone down. So, Oh my gosh, just put it down. Pick up a book. Pick up a new hobby. Just pick up a new skill set. Your life would hold change if you just put the phone down. Why can't you put the phone down? It's so much easier said than done. Because this act of destruction, for the most part, we're talking about really bad habits. And sometimes we're talking about addictions. These aren't things that are very easy to break. If they were, we would have done it already. We wouldn't be having this conversation. Social media, caffeine, sugar, alcohol. I'm sure you can name some other stuff, but I'm trying to be family friendly. Yeah, (laughs) there's a lot of stuff in our life that it would be great if we could just cut it out, but it's much easier said than done. So how do you go about trying to convince yourself? You have to convince yourself psychologically to cut them out. That's the first real step. A lot of these habit books that you'll see, a lot of these uh, people who are writing blogs on the internet talking about, oh, what are some of the best ways that you can break a habit? They're great. But they skip the step of having to psychologically do it. They talk about, oh, just cut it out of your life. If it's alcohol, don't don't let yourself buy it at the store. Uh, Put it somewhere in the house where it's completely locked. Somebody else knows the password so they can get into the lockbox or something like that. You can replace it with something else i don't, I don't know if you um, instead of drinking alcohol you drink something with less alcohol percentage first and you keep going all the way down then you start drinking sodas seltzer stuff like that again these are all practical steps but in order to do that you have to take the first psychological step to tell yourself why am i going to make this change because if you can't tell yourself psychologically why you're going to make the change you're going to set yourself up for failure sure maybe you can do it for a 40-day period maybe some of you can't even do it for a 40-day period but you're initially trying but you don't believe the reason why you're doing it And that's why you're going to revert back to your old ways a lot quicker than you're expecting to. So this is the part where I'm not going to dictate (laughs) what your own psychology should be. I take that back. I'm going to give you one reason not to make a psychological change, which I'll get to. But the reason you make that psychological change, that's up to you. You have to decide what that is. But what I will tell you is you have to fall in love with that reason. You have to choose to love that reason because you're the only one who's going to choose that reason nobody's going to make this choice for you there's a lot of people in your life who might be really close to you but maybe they don't even know the extent to something that has a vice on your life that's keeping you down in this place that's preventing you from making this change you have to be the one to acknowledge what's going on and you have to be the one to acknowledge and say i need to make a change and i love the reason i'm going to make a change so what could that reason be it could be maybe you're in love with the idea of you make this change and now you you are in a place where you could help more people you make this change and now you're in a place where you can provide for people That's different than helping people. You can always help people, but providing from people, that's something even more beyond. You love this change, and now you get to a place where you could be a guiding light for people. You can go around telling people the good news of how you made this change in your life and how great this change was, and you can inspire people to do the same. You can inspire people to fall in love with the same choice that you did. Those are all really great reasons to make a change. What's a really bad reason to make a psychological change is because you're telling yourself, okay, if I make this change, I'm going to get so much admiration from other people. I'm going to get so much external validation. I love that. All eyes are going to be on me. This is going to be great. I've been lacking this validation for my entire life. And if I make this change, I'm going to have it. No. (laughs) Um, It's something I've talked about before in the early episodes of the show. If you make a change in your life based off external validation, you're going to find yourself in a position that you never imagined yourself to be and not for the better. It's going to be a position of, this, this isn't what I expected. <laughs> um, where's, where's all this validation? Maybe it was there for like a second, but it's gone. Anytime we make a change for external validation, I personally don't believe that's the right reason. And again, I try not to dictate how you live your life. But from my personal experience, That is not the reason to do something like that. You can fall in love with that idea, but the idea is a lie. It's something that we get told by our culture, by other people, by a lot of external sources, that we should love this validation and that validation's lacking in our life currently, that we currently don't have it. That's why we need to go seek it. I don't believe it. I don't. And that brings us full circle where if you're a Christian, if you're a Catholic, if you're any denomination that's practicing During this period of Lent. When Jesus cried his last breath. He said. It is finished. It is finished. What does that mean? Well it means the debt is paid. What is the debt? The debt of all the sins in the world. Jesus sacrificed himself. For all of us. He absolved us of all of our sins. In the ultimate act of love. He loves all of us. Unconditionally. And. We will never need to seek the validation of Jesus, ever. So this Lent, when you go to make a sacrifice, or if you're currently in the middle of making that sacrifice, you're not making that sacrifice because you're looking to earn a gold star in, in the eyes of Jesus. You don't need to. You're making this sacrifice because you know that this thing that you've sacrificed, this idea that you're sacrificing during this 40-day period, this is one of those things that currently has a vice on you, that's currently preventing you from fully embracing the love that Jesus has for all of us. And by eliminating it from our lives, by sacrificing this thing, we can destruct a part of our life that isn't providing any benefit to us, and we can surrender something to grow into something even more beautiful. Thank you all for tuning into this week's episode. If you're celebrating Lent, I'm interested to know, what are you giving up, what are you sacrificing for this 40-day period? If you don't practice Lent, if you don't practice any form of religion, what is something that you've been wanting to give up and something that you've been wanting to make a change in your life? Let me know. Put it out there for the rest of the world to see and use that as a way to tell yourself, lock it in. I'm going to make that change thank you so much for checking out the r20s podcast it is always a pleasure to be able to put this together for you all if you like what you hear and you want to hear more definitely follow along and leave a rating it's the best way that we can help grow the show when we do the interviews it helps us so that we can get bigger and even better guests it is such a privilege to be able to do this for you all and i can't thank you enough for tuning in until next time